Marketing and selling is essential in your online business. And when you have the right strategies and mindset, you not only can make a lot of money, but you can change a lot of lives. Welcome to the Online Marketing Podcast, where we help course creators, membership owners, and coaches market and sell their offers. We're your hosts, Paul and Melissa Pruitt. Let's dive in and get started. Welcome to our special launch interview series, where Paul and I interview successful online entrepreneurs about their launches. In this interview, we talk to Yasmin Boland. Yasmin is a successful Hay House author. And in this interview, she shares a little bit what her life was like with launching when she first started to shifting to more professional launches with Hay House. She also shares a little bit about her journey and what she learned along the way by studying other marketers. And Yasmin also gives some advice about being authentic with your audience and the kind of mindset that you need to have when you're going into launches. So let's go ahead and listen to Yasmin's interview. So Yasmin, we're super excited to have you today. Over the last uh, year and a half or so, Melissa and I have had the honor and the privilege of not only meeting you in like certain mastermind circles, but we really consider you a good friend and confidant. And we're just so excited to have this opportunity to be able to have you on the episode today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So before we dive in, Yasmin, can you tell us a little bit about your business, who you serve, so our audience can get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, sure. So I'm an ex-journalist and I've always been in search of things that I wanted to write about. And then eventually I segued out of journalism and into astrology. And then I went from astrology into moonology. And uh, so really what I do now is what I call moonology. And the people I serve are people who kind of already have an inkling that they are creating their own reality and really want to sort of get a framework for how to do it in a fairly systematic way that's actually going to bring results. So I would say that's what I do. Wow. What a, what a journey. I don't think we've ever talked about you being a journalist in the past. So that's a that's an interesting little like slow segue. Did that happen many years ago? Was that recent time? When exactly did you go in from like a journalist into astrology? So I would have become a journalist, I think, in about 1986. Yeah. And I worked as a journalist in Australia and then in London, mainly as a freelance writer, but writing for some of the best publications in the world. And then I actually became a TV producer for a while for my sins, I always say, because it was absolutely horrible, so (laughs) stressful. Eventually, in about 1999, I actually wrote a novel because I'm really a writer at heart. So I wrote a novel and then... Journalism kind of went down the tube. So I started moving into astrology, out of journalism, into astrology, probably around 2000. So I've been doing it nearly 23 years now. Wow. So now, of course, during that period of time, everything was more analog versus digital, all of us being online itself. Now, there's a certain point that you moved from even astrology into moonology. And when you did that pivot, were you in the online space at the time or were you still in the analog like world, the, the traditional world? So I was doing astrology right up until about four or five years ago, I would say. What happened was that I just kind of came to the end of my tether on writing horoscopes and the constant doing of that. And I had, I just had this sort of like a revelation that I really just want to focus on moonology. 
And I'm trying to think of when it exactly happened. I can remember the the thing I wrote, which I stuck on my wall. It would have been probably 2015, actually. So that's coming up to eight years, sorry. And I just suddenly realised what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So it's honestly quite hard for me to remember how I pivoted from astrology to moonology. And I'm just trying to think if it was something to do with marketing of being told, you know, niche down, niche down, niche down. I think it came before the marketing and I, I've i always been interested in the moon and I'd become more and more interested in the law of attraction and I'd started to realise that the moon could be used for making wishes and setting intentions. And I'd held some, yeah, it's all coming back to me, <laughs> I'd held some new moon wishing sessions in coffee shops and they'd all gone really well. That was actually in Australia, so that was pre, it was probably around 2010 or 2013, stuff like that. So it was a long time ago. And it just sort of eventually, it was kind of like a sideline and then it just kind of took over and. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not answering the question very well. It just was so organic, but I would, it's been at least eight, 10 years. Oh. <laughs> sorry, it's not a very good answer. No, 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 that's incredible. Because I think a lot of people think like anybody that has like an online successful business that they like invented themselves in this space or they did it. A lot of us have things in our life that we pull from that give us the tools to like lean into like the online opportunities these days. So it's really cool. What I really love, because I think a lot of people know that that follow you, that anybody that doesn't follow you should be, but it's like you have a pretty significant audience and to think like, wow, just not long ago, you were in coffee shops leading small groups. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's For really, sure. Yeah, that was like the before like build, building an email list, you know, timeframes. And yeah. if we fast forward to now compared to then, at what point did you start like, oh, like I can do this locally in coffee shops. And it's like, oh, I can bring this online. You know, is, do you remember that that time frame when you were starting to bring it online? That I do. So I just say when I was very little, like six or eight, and I heard about sort of journalism as a job, a thing where you could write in magazines and that could be your job. And I got really obsessed. And I it was like I heard my calling to be a writer. And in a funny way, I had a similar thing with marketing and online. The first time I saw the internet, I remember like looking at it for about five seconds and going, oh, my God, I want my own website. Like within three minutes, I was like, how am I going to get a website? And then fast forward to what would have been probably about 2016, 2017. And it was sort of when digital marketing was starting and I I had that feeling, that obsession feeling, that calling, like, I have to do this. And it took me ages and ages to realise that there are systems and methods and people who are teaching it. And, and it went on and on and on, me trying to reverse engineer things online and finally discovering digitalmarketer.com with, with Ryan Dice and thinking, oh, that's what you do. And I was just so happy with that because for me it was just a way to, you know, get things out there. And I'm still really happy to do New Moon Wishing Nights in coffee shops. I will still do them. I mean, I actually haven't picked them up again since COVID, but I will. But the marketing just changed everything for me. It just 
it really excited me. I don't know what it is about marketing, but I have a Mercury Uranus connection in my chart and that's very marketing. And I, I just love getting my stuff out there. I love that. I love that. It's really cool because it allows you to reach such a wider audience and you discover this whole online world and with digital marketing and like all the possibilities that are out there. I mean, that's really amazing that you could spread your reach with that. And then at some point you probably discovered the concept of launching. Do you remember when you were doing this and discovering, you know, digital marketing, do you remember when you had your first launch? Yeah, so the way that happened was that I heard about Jeff Walker and launching via Hay House, who are my publishers. I have all these books like, for example, here's my Moonology Diary, which matches my outfit, which is very handy. And they gave us all a copy of Launch, actually, and I just read that I read it about five times and I did my first launch with a Venus retrograde course, actually, which is Venus's retrograde right now. And it went really well. And I was really surprised at how good it was to do. So, yeah, that would have been six, seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. Wow. So when you did that launch for the first time, like, how were you feeling? How did it, you said it went decent, but is it something like, Again, you learn digital marketing stuff, you get this information in, but there's, I've always found that there's a sense of vulnerability for all of us that the moment that we like put a product out online, you know, like, is anybody going to buy it? You know, am I going to be validated or not? You know, is just my mother going to buy? You know, like, <laughs> did, did you go through anything like emotionally during that period? Because I know you had an established business at that point and people knew who you were and you were already a Hay House author at that time, but was there any like, going back to that emotional state or that mindset during that first time that you did that first launch, because you're consuming, you're learning the digital marketing. And then it's like, Oh, now yeah. I got to do it. Yeah. So I don't want to disappoint you, but I am one of these annoying people who just is too stupid to even be worried. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, this is going to be amazing. It's going to work great. And it did work great. The thing is like, the we're jumping around a lot backwards and forwards, but like, Again, pre-2013, I remember a girlfriend of mine was studying marketing in Sydney when we were still living in Sydney. And she came over to my house and she said, can I audit your website? I said, sure. And so she came back to me a few weeks later. I remember we actually just sat on my bed and she kind of debriefed me on my website. She said, Yasmin, it's a great website, but you're not selling anything. What's, you know, this is crazy. I'm like, oh, okay, I should sell something. What a good idea. Because I was making my money at that point writing columns. So I put charts on there quite quickly and I remember saying to people, it's as though I had all these people out there in the world who had literally been standing there with their credit cards waiting for me to give them something to buy. That's what it was like because the sales just went really, really through the roof straight away and I remember thinking, God, like, I didn't realise people wanted something. People wanted a product. I just want to say as well, I think one thing that's been really easy for me is that I've always felt what I'm selling is, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys, I feel so strongly about what I'm selling Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I never feel guilty about selling it. I'm always like, like when I put the charts up there, I was like, these are great. These are going to really help people. When I did my first launch, I was like, this is going to really help people. When I you know, did new moon wishing sessions. So I think when you know what you're selling is good, 
you are just going to be so much better at, you know, marketing and getting it out there. I love that because where you're at and where we're at, we're all very comfortable with that, but that's not the common thing for a lot of people that they do get into their heads, they get into the self-sabotage and everything. And I just love because really what it came down to was mindset was again, yeah. you you really being in and truly in tune with the law of attraction. Like if I put this out there, it's naturally going to bring in the, the right people into your world. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people end up getting a lot of head junk in their mind that stops them from doing that. And it's interesting. It just took a simple friend sitting on your bed. That's like, Hey, let me just look at your thing. Oh, you're not selling anything. And it's like, wow. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> what a good idea. I should sell something. You'd be amazing. I didn't even pay for the costs of my website because obviously I was paying to have a website. So that was my initial thought was, oh, that'll be good because I'll, you know, I'm paying X amount a year. That'll at least cover that. And it just went from there. And I mean, the thing is as well, I'm one of these people who I do have like a broad vision. And to me, it's like there are so many people out there in the world who could benefit from what I'm selling. Basically, the only thing is they need to speak English at this point. Mm -hmm. So I sort of think, well, my market, I know you're not supposed to say my market is everybody, but for me, my market is anybody who wants to change their life, mm -hmm. who can speak English and who, you know, is willing to entertain the idea of astrology, which is obviously more and more people these days. Yeah, yeah. I love this journey for you because, again, just coming back to, that simple change that your friend helped you with kind of put you on a path of like where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. So even though it's like, oh, the launch was simple. It's like, you wouldn't even have the moment of even doing a launch if you didn't even create a product to offer yeah. to people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that they're just list building, list building, audience building, audience building, audience building. And they don't put anything out mm -hmm. like ever. Mm -hmm. They're like frozen and paralyzed. And I think they overthink. I did a bit of that. Actually, I remember at one point, another friend of mine who worked in the online space way before most people did, and I was very attracted by the whole idea, but I remember them saying to me, you need to build a list. So I did start building a list, but then I remember reading something online that said, well, you've got this list, what are you going to do with it? I was like, oh, actually, that's a good point. I've got this list, what am I going to do with it? So that was, you know, part of the process was I built the list. It took me a while to understand it's not like today where somebody wants to you know go into marketing they'll find you guys online and off they go it was back in the dark ages where it was like okay so got this list hmm, <laughs> what am I going to do oh yeah I'll sell them something <laughs> <laughs> that's great so since that time that you put the offers out there and you got people who were buying nowadays how have your launches changed how have your promotions changed how have they evolved over time the way that you connect and, and launch to people nowadays well, they have become a lot more professional. Like I did that first launch for Venus Retrograde. I'm actually still selling that course because it's good content. But, you know, it's me sitting in this strangely fluffy jacket that must have been of its time eight years ago with the garden in the background through the doors behind me, you know, probably a spade on its side or something like that. You know what I mean? Like not very professional. And then the next one I did was a course that I kind of got this big download for when I went to this, the Garden of Self-Realization or something. It's in Encinitas in California. And I did a meditation. I just got this whole like do a course about this and I did it. But again, I look at that and it was, it was a bit pokey. The content was really good. 
but I like the fonts were all over the place and I was feeling inspired and I put little weird emojis in places and it's just unprofessional really and again I like on my list of things to do is one day put all that in a transcript and re-record it because it's good content but it's not professional and then as I started to sell more and more books with Hay House and became one of their you know more high selling authors then they came to me and were like right we're going to do a course and we're going to do a launch and I was like amazing so this is going to be interesting see how they do it and you know then it was instead of me with you know my iPhone and my husband's iPhone you know two camera shoot like that it was suddenly in a rented place with a with two proper cameras one was moving sideways like this and the other one would you know zoom in and out and the lights and the cameras and the makeup and the hair and and then the PLFs, which were so well thought out and so on. So it just took it to the next level. And, in fact, that was why I wanted to join the mastermind that we're part of together was because I knew that all these things were coming through not just Jeff Walker but, you know, Jeff Walker and other top marketers. And I just wanted to be at the forefront of it because I could see it was just evolving and evolving and evolving and I was I was just genuinely fascinated by things like, oh, last time I did a pre-recorded PLF, this time I'm going to do live. And then now when we were just in Durango in Colorado, it's like, oh, we're going back to pre-recorded PLFs and stuff like that. Stuff like that just floats my boat. I don't even know why. Yeah. yeah. It's great to hear the evolution because sometimes we forget like how far we've come in, in our path. And a yeah. snapshot, a lot of people see us in like our advanced stages these days, and then they yeah. get overwhelmed thinking like they have to duplicate that. So I'm glad that you shared like how, you know, it was just like the iPhone originally, it was like the big yeah. puppy, you know, jacket in the, the background and yeah. all things. And because people do sometimes see that polished look and that final result of like what you've yeah. done over the years, and they think like they have to emulate that. Um, Another thing that really helped me actually was Russell Brunson, who I signed up for all his free stuff. And I did eventually go to, I did eventually buy ClickFunnels and go to Funnel Hacking Live as well. But I remember him saying, you know, publish, publish, publish. And at first you're going to suck. And that kind of gave me permission to suck, <laughs> you know. And I always had this idea that I had to kind of go to the hairdresser before I appeared on camera mm -hmm. and then the pandemic changed that because we couldn't go to the hairdresser and I was going live every day because everyone said to me you, you know you should be out there helping people everyone's having a horrible time get out there and inspire people so that was another paradigm you know smashed like you don't actually have to go to the hairdresser every day before you do a live and you are allowed to suck so things like that really help my evolution as well love that. I love that. Now, now, if you were to have somebody that you were going to talk to that was going to launch for the first time ever, now with all your perspective, do you have any advice for that person that would be brand new that's never launched before? So my first piece of advice to people, and I'm kind of an evangelist about this, and I'm always sticking my nose in where it's not even wanted and saying to people, you should be online marketing. You could do so well. And they're like, oh, stop it, Yasmin. You know, you're selling snake oil or whatever. It's like, it's not. It's You could do really good stuff. My first advice is always build your list. So put a banner on your website with a compelling offer and while you're building your course, build your list. But then once you've actually done that, 
I would say that if you want to launch and you're not sure what to launch, I would say think of your most frequently asked questions. What are the questions you get again and again and again? Do a course about that. And I think I would also say make sure you pay as much attention to your PLFs as you do to the course itself. And one thing I've learned at the through Jeff Walker and the Mastermind in particular, which kind of had escaped me when I first did PLF, was make sure your PLFs handle objections and just make your content really good. And also check out these two amazing people, Melissa and Paul Pruitt. They are incredible. They would teach you what you need to know. Like last year, they did this amazing AI course, which we in the Mastermind all watched with, you know, jaws on the floor. And it was just a lesson in how to do it, you know, like, no kidding. I would genuinely say that to people. I think you guys are amazing and you you do it with love and you're so lovely. You know, it just that they would be my bits of advice to people. And I'm not joking. I would definitely recommend you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. And and I love that, like I said, you're pulling from different experiences, different people, and just like you said, watching people go through their process. And that's helped you with your journey too, which is really wonderful. So much. Yeah. Like, I learned so much from you guys watching that AI thing. Can I just recap what I learned a few things? Yeah. So one is think fast. Another is throw it up there and put it out there and worry about making it perfect later. (laughs) I saw you guys going off to Florida or wherever you went in your car, you know, like let's go and just live in Florida for three months while we write this course and then also the whole point of put it up there and then make it better next, you know, fix it up after, which is a very, a very entrepreneurial thing. I think Steve Jobs was a big proponent of that actually is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And then all the follow-up funnels and, you know, just a good grace. There was so much for all of us to learn watching you guys do that. It was really living marketing. Oh, oh thank you so much. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. With all of your experiences and what you've learned, you know, on your own journey, do you have any top tips for attracting clients that you could share with our audience of things that maybe you've learned along the way for attack- attracting those clients? Yeah, I think probably the number one thing is your vibe attracts your tribe. So you just have to be yourself. You know, at one point I was writing with this American author called Doreen Virtue and she changed her life, dropped out of publishing. But she, at one point, I happen to know, I was told she was worth $85 million at one point. So she had done really well selling books and cards and stuff about angels. And she was an amazing person. She was also what I would call, and I know you're American, but forgive the Australian, she was very American. So when she ever went on screen, for example, we're talking, I was talking about, you know, having looking perfect, tons of makeup. And so for a while I started to sort of try to, you know, be a bit like her. And it wasn't until I just let go and just was me that things actually started to happen. So I think being yourself is the number one thing. I think that when you're trying to launch something, if you're kind of, I know we say fake it till you make it, and I'm a believer in fake it till you make it to an extent, but not fake who you really are. Because I think that what happens is that people can smell that a mile away. That if you're kind of 
purporting something and you don't believe it's true or you don't believe in yourself or whatever, if it's just not real, I think people could just smell that a mile away. That's probably my biggest tip. The other one is for anyone who's in the same sort of sphere as me, which is, you know, new age, self-help, astrology, you know, chanting, chakras, meditation, yoga, anything like that. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Be yourself. Be authentic. But also this is the one from Gabby Bernstein. Don't sell, share. So as soon as you start feel like you're being salesy, go back to sharing. So it's about sharing information. And we all know that, you know, there is this reciprocity thing. And if you get out there and share stuff, then, you know, people who are interesting will put their hand up and become a customer. I've got a, a friend who was trying to launch a meditation business at one point. She could not get her head around the idea of three PLFs where she was giving stuff away for free. And it's like, yeah, but that's how it works because you give people a little, little taste of who you are and then they decide if they want more or less, you know. So I guess they're my top tips. <laughs> That is awesome. There's so much there that we we could unpack to just like being vulnerable and being authentic. And I think even Melissa and I through the years, mm -hmm. we've fallen in similar traps where mm -hmm. we were building and we we're doing it, but we were following certain people and we're like, oh, maybe we should be like them. And then we would try to change our tone or vibe and then everything. And yeah. it's like, we got some backlash a couple of times. They're like, who are you? That's not you. you know, why are you speaking yeah. that way? You know, and people will call you out when you're inauthentic. Like you said, they got sniff test. Yeah. It's okay to do what Anthony Robbins calls modelling. And I think Ryan Dyson and Russell Brunson say it as well. You know, look at who's doing really well in your sphere and then make it yours, but really make it yours. And, and as soon as you can get past that stage, that's when your business will start to take off, when you get your voice. Yeah, and it, evolving that voice, again, you're going to attract the people that are aligned because you're being authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I'm sure you have experiences as well. Like we... We see some people play a persona online, and then when you meet them in person, they're like two different people. It's like, hold on, I thought that was, oh, you're actually, you know, not pleasant in person. You're yeah. not the person you project. So I think that congruency is is very important. And also, I think just for the long play, because when you're trying to pretend or be something else, it's only going to last so long. Yeah. You're going to feel hollow inside, and you won't last, you know, long term. Yeah. It'll eventually come out or eat you up. Mm -hmm. Now, if we... Fast forward now and, and we look at it because, again, you've evolved over the years of, you know, doing that scrappy launch initially and doing like these more professional ones these days. If you were just to rewind back a couple of years ago to when you got that launch book and hey, I was kind of pushed you out, you know, before that moment of, of doing, you know, all the professional things. So we took a couple steps right before that. The wiser version of you of doing these launches compared to like what you did, the scrappy initial launch is there any perspective any advice you'd give that version of yourself back then i mean it's a hard one i think i think i still find the content challenging i would probably just say you can do this keep going but i do find the content challenging actually what i would what I would do now that I didn't do then is I might use chat GPT to help me plan the structure because, you know, that's amazing. Like if you feed in what you want to have in the course and say, right, you know, show me how to do that, I'm, I, I might say that, but, of course, my old self couldn't do that. I still find it challenging. I just find the marketing much easier. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Makes sense. Because and- it's hard, you know, you want to give people really good information. Sometimes it's hard to know exactly what do they want. Maybe I need to do your course. You've probably got a course for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just wait. <laughs> and going back to that time too, again, beginnings, if we were to work with where you are now with all the knowledge, skill sets and things that you have, but if we were to kind of take everything away from you and you were only left with $500 in your bank account to market yourself, how would you use that money to market yourself? Well, while I think about it, how would you do it? (laughs) That is a good one. That's good. That's good. So what what I would probably do is find real world and virtual rooms of where our avatar is already hanging out. And if we had to buy into that room to be around them, to get us a shortcut. So instead of just doing a traditional ad, like for uh, when, when I lost everything years ago, I purposely put myself in room of like high end galas because the donors were standing in that room that had a lot of money. And right. for that business I had at the time, that was very key. So that like, I probably look at trade organizations or other groups, you know, programs that actually already serve my avatar. Definitely, I could take that in a different direction and say, you know, Facebook ads into a initially a freebie that then has a, a sellable offer in the back end. That way I can make money or get my money back on the Facebook ad that, of the person mm-hmm. that just opted mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So did that buy enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I think what I would probably do is I would really work on my tofu, my top of funnel, mm-hmm. and I would produce a podcast, which I could probably do for free pretty much, and I would create some lead magnets that I would put, that I would advertise through the podcast. I would do lives every single day. Again, that is free. And obviously I need to create a product. Again, that's pretty much free, you know, like everything's free these days on the internet apart from some of the editing software. And I'd probably put money into boosting my lives because I'm not that good at ads. Again, I probably need to do your course. I know you have an ads course, don't you? But I would probably just boost my lives and be sending people to the podcast and the lead magnets and obviously have something up and up and up to sell them. But it's a very good, very interesting question. Yeah, we get we get lots of some interesting answers with that too, because people get creative with it. And I love that you've kind of thought outside the box with the different things with the podcast and, and lots of things oh, really? free too, which is really good as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. So Yasmin, before we wrap up, you've given so much information, you shared a lot about your story and we appreciate that so much. Is there any final words of wisdom that you would give any of our listeners about launching, being in this online space, anything else you'd like to add? Sure. So I would add that if you have a dream that you really want to make it happen, believe in yourself because the number one killer of your ability to do anything is self-doubt. So just be like me and just think it's all going to be fine. You know, just think it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I've got this. So many other people have done it. They've done it. I can do it. And, you know, really like back yourself and try to set yourself milestones because I've seen people, you know, 
don't overthink it, I think, would be a big thing, actually. I've seen people overthinking it and not getting to milestones of getting things done and eventually running out of money because then they've got to go and get a regular job. So believe in yourself, set milestones, don't aim for perfection. You know, I've got this one friend who's done about three courses, none of which she sells because she thinks they're all no good. And it's like, just put one of them up there. It's going to be great. You know, so they're probably the biggest things. Believe in yourself, don't overthink it and set yourself milestones. They would be my three things. And, you know, just remember that we are creating our reality every second of the day. So if you believe you can do it or you believe you can't do it, you're right. To paraphrase, I think, Henry Ford. Yes, I love that. He said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yes, I love that. Yasmin, this has been awesome. How can everyone stay in touch with you, follow you and connect with you? Oh, thank you. So, and I just like to say, I'm, I don't sound very humble. I am actually humble as well with all this, but you've got to kind of have that. You've got to get yourself into that mindset. Of course, we all have doubts. Of course, we all sometimes think I'm not good enough. I think you guys are 27,000 times better a marketer than I am. And you probably are because that's your full-time job. But do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean you have to be arrogant. So with that said, yasminbolan.com or just yasminbolan will find me on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Yasmin, this has been wonderful. We really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story and just all your wise insights. We know it's going to make a big impact and we just really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thank you again. Thank you. My pleasure. If you would like to work with us and our team to help you snap up more sales and incredible clients with a stellar marketing strategy that works, go to AdaptiveMembership.com and sign up for our wait list. We have a limited number of spots in our exclusive program to set you up for success and take action. We're waiting for you at AdaptiveMembership.com.